0: This is Keith Gallagher and welcome to Three Brothers Talking About. Today's podcast is the second part, second and final part of our short series that we've done on excellence. Uh, for those of you who heard the last one, it really kind of focused on Kevin and Matt, what they've done, buildings, the amazing programs, uh, football and wrestling programs that main and well in Minnesink Valley. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and then we're going to get into I guess you could say a little bit more about individual excellence, though, our guest that I'll introduce in a few minutes uh, certainly is part of a team as well uh, when they do the things that they do. So I think it's going to be interesting to hear uh, a couple different perspectives on excellence. Before we get started, we want to take a few minutes to thank again all those out there who are staying home, you know, all of us to us for the most part are staying home and that's important to ensure that the folks who are out there doing the real hard work, the healthcare workers, the first responders, the grocery clerks, the sanitation workers, the delivery people, um, all of those who people who are deemed essential, it allows them to do what they need to do as safely as possible while they are keeping us healthy, safe and fed. So, Keep doing what we're doing. Hang in there. It seems hard, but it's making a difference. So thank you for all you who are doing that. Um, there are organizations now that we are, are needing our support. Uh, as we get deeper into this, we see that it is impacting people. People are in need of food and other essentials. Uh, Jill and I are actually going to put some money, uh, send some money over to the folks at the Connecticut Food Bank and Daily Bread in Danbury. Um, if you find yourself in a position where you can help, you know, please do. So uh, people are going to need it. So anyway, um, let's let's get on to the to the show a little bit more. Uh, you know, guys, we've been getting feedback on our show. We've been getting it, our podcast. I, I guess it's not really a show. If you're hip and you really know what you're talking about, you say podcast. So, uh, because I am, I'll say podcast from now on. <laughs> <That's all true. laughs> so, let me bring on Kevin and Matt. I'm sorry. I didn't even introduce you guys yet. How's it going? Good. Good. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well here, too. Good, good. stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been getting some feedback from our many fans. We've gotten some on Facebook. We've gotten some on Instagram. We've gotten some on uh, our uh, email, uh, at gmail.com And people are making requests. We, uh, it's, it's something, isn't it? It's uh, climbing the charts, baby. <laughs> climbing the charts. <laughs> That's it. And uh, we, we had a couple specific ones that I'm, I'm going to bring up now. And we'll, we'll dive into one of them and, and, and uh, see how that goes. Uh, one person really wanted us to talk about uh, family life during quarantine. What's it like? What kinds of things are we doing differently than we did before? And I, I think that would be fun for us to do maybe in the next podcast. We need to think about it a little bit and come up with some ways that our lives are changing. What do you guys think? That'd be a good one?
1: Yeah, that'd be a good one. But you're right. I think we need a little time because that, that that's a pretty big, um, pretty big, uh, you know, topic.
2: Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think it is a good one. Uh, plus, it may, you know, may give some ideas to some other people that are, that are, uh, you know, stuck like everyone else and give them something to do. You know, if we come up with some good ideas.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll bring that in next time. The one of the other things that I, I do want to start to incorporate into some of our podcasts uh, and we've talked about it briefly is bring the, the you know our our fourth brother uh, uh, Bart, who passed away quite some time ago, but Matt started to talk about him and i I think we'll start incorporating him into some of the conversations. Most of the people who listen to this podcast you know know our family or know of us and there were some requests to say, hey you know how about Bart did some <laughs> some crazy stuff, and it would be fun to relive some of those things. And I agree. Yeah, sounds definitely.
2: Yeah, I, I'm 100 percent for that.
0: So the one we're going to tackle today for just a few minutes is our our last great sports memory. Now you guys have sports memories all the time, but the the kind of the twist to this is when you were actually participating instead of coaching. So what, what if you can remember back that far,
1: um, Kevin, what do you, what do you think? Well, I, um... If we're going back into the uh, time where it actually mattered, like college wrestling or, or high school wrestling, or are we talking about 35 and over baseball? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Because I got, I got a good one, but let's, and over. let's go with the 35 and over baseball. All mm. right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, that's the more recent one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess it's uh, one of my, um, you know, my one of my favorite memories uh, was, um, you know, uh, hitting uh, two home runs back to back my first two times up in a game. But uh, more so than that, I was pitching and uh, Jim Golding was attempting to catch, (laughs) and um, Jim Golden um, couldn't catch. As a catcher, obviously he played first base, but he had bad knees and he couldn't get any, couldn't even get in a stance. So he was standing, uh, bent over behind a plate <laughs> with his catcher's glove upside down to try and catch it. And every time I threw the ball, it would hit the either the umpire, Jim, or the backstop. Uh, so, so um, and that and it was and that not always a strike, but it was over the plate. He just, you know, it was very dangerous. Um, so uh, that was one of my favorite um, uh, recent, you know, or my athletic memories that uh, that I always stays with me.
0: Well, I'm, I'm so happy you said that. I, I just the picture of Jimmy in that. I, I can just picture him. Yeah, that's that's hysterical. Yes. That's hysterical. Uh, Matt... That's very that's,
2: that's very funny, and I can actually picture the whole thing.
0: <laughs> and I can way... just imagine how mad you were too, as every time you threw the ball, it went past him, and I'm sure you guys were screaming at each other.
1: Well, yeah, and and the thing that really I came in as relief because I was it was about a hundred degrees out, and I was I would caught the first like eight innings. Then I went in to pitch, and we didn't have another catcher, so he went back there. So I I I pitched to about three batters, <laughs> and we couldn't do it anymore. I had to go back behind and plate, And Bill Van Curry came in and pitched because he couldn't catch it.
0: <laughs> and people say catching is easy. <laughs> yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, right because keith you were you were a catcher
0: i was i was on that team the previous year see you guys needed me if i could have just we stopped did. striking we out absolutely. every time i came up
2: <laughs> yeah they could have dh for you and you could have just caught <laughs> uh, Matt, what do you got well i don't know i didn't, i didn't really know it was supposed to be a, a you know a comedy a comedy hour well it doesn't uh, have to uh, be i know but no, it's got to be. I mean, after that story, um, I'm not sure. Actually, to be honest with you, uh, if we're talking comedies and and wh- I don't know why this always this always kind of sticks in my mind, you know, something that uh, and, I, and it comes because actually me and uh, I don't know John Joyce and Matt Dillon and Ronnie Stewart. We've been uh, you know with all this uh, everyone being around and uh, th- all this technology. We've been zooming a lot. Um, you know, and a shout out to Johnny. I hope he feels better. You know, he's battling cancer right now. So, we've been zooming a ton and we've been talking a lot about some high school stuff and and one of the things that came up that I always remember this and it came up again, you know, this past week was when I was pitching um I was pitching to, you know, we called this kid Danny Partridge. He they came from Monticello. He looked exactly like Danny Partridge. He hit he hit the farthest ball I've ever seen hit off of me. I mean, not off of me, but off of anybody. But he hit it off of me. It was unbelievable. It was a grand slam. Um, you know, when I, I i thought at one point in time I might have been a halfway decent pitcher. I wasn't, but I thought I was. Um, and I, I said, you know what? I'm going to give this guy my fastball, and I'm going to strike him out. I threw it. You couldn't throw it more down the middle of the plate. And he hit the ball so far it it went, there was like a hill that went over the hill. There was no fence. So our left fielder had to run up the hill. And by the time he got even up the hill, Danny was rounding third and coming home. So it was, it would have been over any fence that was built, but there wasn't one there. It just kept on going and going and going. So, and I don't know why it always, every time I think of the Partridge family or Danny Partridge, this guy pops into my, my, my mind, but I don't know. It kind of humbled me quickly. Um, but uh, that's that's one of my favorite ones.
0: Um, Danny Partridge. Danny Partridge hitting a grand slam as far into Monument Park at Yankee Stadium. Essentially, Basically,
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That wouldn't have held that ball. No way. <laughs> no way. It was crushed. And I think Ronnie Ronnie was the center fielder. He just turned around once and just watched it go. He didn't care. Yeah,
0: that's too far to run. I'm not running after that. Yeah. Let the yeah. left fielder run after that. <laughs> that's pretty funny.
2: Is, oh, my God.
0: So mine is actually a, actually a little more serious. It was my last last game at Manhattan. And we were, we were playing Iona again, and we got beat by them again for four straight years. We got beat by them. And they were sort of our arch rival, I suppose. Um, the best play we had the entire day, our coach decided that it would be a good idea to put all of the seniors, plus Bart, on the kickoff team. And I'm like, are you? Crazy! I don't want to go on the kickoff team. <laughs> I am gonna run down there because I have bad shoulder, and I am gonna go down, and someone's gonna take me out, or I am gonna tackle somebody and be screaming in pain. I had no real interest in it, but you had to do it, right? <laughs> so uh, we kick off. We we didn't get the kickoff until the start of the second half because we didn't score any points, <laughs> and it was the only time we kicked off in the whole game. So thank God I didn't have to get. Uh, run down too often, but it was the biggest play of the game for us. I think actually Bart recovered the onside kick and we got a 15 yard penalty again. They had one against them. So we, we got the ball down to about the 30 and we we're pumped. We figured the second half is going to start off real well. And we're going to do well, uh, three and out from there. Uh, well, probably four and out from there Then I think it was four and out every single time for the rest of the game. Um, But the one thing I will say about that game is the guy who played across me was better than I was. He was bigger, faster, stronger. But, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, this Hmm. is a nightmare. Oh, my God, when is this going to be over? But I I actually kind of kept him somewhat in check, and I was thinking to myself, he should be making every tackle. (laughs) And (laughs) and he wasn't. So I was kind of proud of that later on as I think about it, that at least I kind of hung in there when we were getting crushed. But uh, anyway, that's that's it for me. So
2: yeah, huh?
0: great sports memories. I don't know if we'd call them great, but uh, certainly ones that have stuck with us. So I guess they're great memories.
2: Yeah, um, yeah
0: you definitely. So are. what? We'll go, let's jump over now into the main part of the podcast. And what I want to do is uh, we, we have a segment typically called Cousin's Corner. And today we're really lucky to have on uh, on the podcast our cousin Brian Bracken. Brian, welcome, man. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going, Brian?
2: Hey, Brian, how are you? Good,
0: good. How are you guys?
2: Very good, very good. Yeah,
0: everybody's doing well, and we're. I know Brian's got a couple of l- young kids, so right now, God knows where they are in his house, but I'm sure all hell's breaking loose someplace. But no, his uh, Rachel, his wife, is I'm sure got everything well under control
3: oh yeah he's running a tight ship
0: that's pretty funny uh so uh, brian's had the opportunity to listen to our our, our podcast so he, he's kind of up to speed on what we've been talking about recently regarding what matt and kevin do and what we're going to talk about what brian does in a few minutes but i want to finish up the conversation with kevin and matt so um Kevin, I had a couple of things, and, and Matt, a couple of things that I wanted to ask you guys. And then I think Brian has a couple of questions for you as well. So the, uh, before we get to those questions, though, I know, Kevin, in last week's conversation, we had to cut it short a little bit. But I think you had something else that you wanted to make a point on today.
1: Uh, well, it can come at any time. It was just uh, you. we were talking about at one point did something uh, – did something come up at some point in your coaching career that, that made a difference uh, helped change the trajectory or whatever, um, you know, and besides, you know, the people that I, that I came in contact along the way, it was, you know, uh, just, um, just a situation that kind of, I really think it, it, it changed my way of coaching and it changed and it definitely made us a better team. Um, and it was, it just, a, you know, uh, one of our better kids, it was a match. It was only about, uh, I guess about nine years ago now, um, maybe eight years. Uh, and he was winning like 10 to two going into the second period. He was killing the kid. And then, uh, the other kid got on top and, and, um, uh, just destroyed him, tilted him the whole time. Uh, you know, and this was, you know, when the kid beat him like 15 to 10 or something. Um, and I was like, uh, so beside myself that, you know, I let that basically uh, we weren't prepared for that, you know? And um, so uh, where one of our better kids, you know, let that happen, um, you know, so it basically changed the way we ran our practice instead of doing this three times and this five times and this, whatever, you know, we just changed our, 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 the way we drilled and the way we practiced and, um, uh, and, you know, from stopping the tilt, basically, you know, in a certain way to, to, you know, kind of just almost play wrestle. Um, and then we just implemented it into almost every other aspect of our, of our drilling. So, um, you know, one thing, um, and since then we've been a much better team, um, and I'm not saying it all had to do with that. We have very, very, very good kids, got a great coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if that didn't happen, I don't know if we would be as good. You know, so, um, so just I just wanted to bring that up. And when you when you talked about that, I, uh, I wanted to get that in. But um, then we changed topics or something. But uh, so, you know, one thing like that totally changed our team for the better.
0: So just uh, identifying some, well, it's really trying, I guess, practicing against
1: things that you're anticipating may occur. So you're prepared. Yeah. And it would the way we always practiced wasn't as, wasn't good enough, you know? So I just totally changed the way we, we did things and not just for that one particular thing, but then we just started using that same, technique not i don't want to say technique same um way of doing things to our whole implemented to our whole routine basically um and we're a much better team because of it so without getting into the the technique part of it um um it's just uh you know it really it really changed our team for the better and my coaching um for the better
0: okay interesting yeah, I'm 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 trying to relate that to what I do, and I think I can, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through that right now. And that's part part of why we do this, right? Is so that people can take the information that they're listening to, and relate it to what either their family life or what they do for a living or whatever, um, because it it translates. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions, and as I said, Brian's got a couple, and then we'll move into Brian. One of the things, when you become really good over and over, a couple things happen, I think. One is complacency, and one is entitlement. How, Matt, do you ensure there's no complacency among your team?
2: (laughs) Well, um, this was big for us, actually. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that we got complacent or we didn't, you know, I never even thought about it until... You know, maybe we didn't quite have a couple of seasons like we wanted to have. Um, But then you look back, and then I look back at what I did. And it wasn't necessarily the program as it was. might have been X's and O's. But, um, you know, I think at one point in time, we were so worried about staying on top, we kind of maybe got away a little bit from what got us there. And I think that's a huge difference. Um, You know, I think it's a lot harder to stay there than it is to get there. That's for darn sure. Um, so, um, but we, we went back and we looked and, you know, we do it, like I said, we do a lot of things like that each year to see what we want to keep and what we don't want to keep and make sure that the things that got us where we, where it is, we're going to continue to do. And, and I think that's one of the things, uh, that we want to make sure that we continue to do the things that got us where we are rather than to try to keep us up there. And I know it's a, you know, there's like a little bit of a fine line. But to me, there is a difference and and a a big difference. But so hopefully people can actually see that difference. Um, Plus, we also talk about there's no room for complacency, really, because we we believe that we're everybody's Super Bowl. Right. We're circled on the schedule. We believe that. And we like that fact. Um, So, you know, no, no week is going to be easy for us. Um, everybody's going to come and give us their best game um, you know uh, and i think that you know our guys understand that um, they kind of relish in that and they 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 t- and they take on that challenge and do a great job of it, as, as does the coaching staff um, so there are there are no easy weeks for us so we can't be complacent you know we uh, we also talk about pressure pressures being, a privilege so every game is important so you can't be complacent because if, if the game is not important and you don't feel pressure well then I'm I, the game isn't important probably right um but since there is pressure every week then each week to us is an important game um okay so that's pretty much that I think that I think that's and another thing is I really think that this is this is a dilemma that I have when it comes to this a little bit um you know, when we first started out, we were big into marketing our team and, and trying to get people to believe in it, trying to get people to buy into it. You know, the, the, the players and and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it was easy because you were trying to get across to them. OK, and to everybody else, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it and just go and get it done. You know, and I think you got to continue to sell your team and market your team to everybody, you know, so they're all in, right? We give it the main animal football family, and that's everybody across, you know, our entire community. So, but the one thing now is, then it was to me marketing it. Now, the more you do that, I think it, It, I kind of have a feeling that it's bragging and it's hard. It's hard to do that. And, um, you know, when you, when you, there was no, you know, there's, we're not certain things that you reached. You could just say, we're going to work to get there. Now that you've reached some of those things, if you throw those out there, to me, it sounds like you're bragging. And I, and, and I have a real tough time with that when we're trying to market our program. And I think marketing your program is why you get the great kids, why you're great to get the great coaches, why you have so much support. Um, But there's a tough, there's, it's really a tough line there when it comes to that.
0: You know, and, and Kevin, I'd love to hear you respond to that because you're you're in the same scenario. And then after that question, Brian, I know you had a question for these guys on pressure. So let, let's let let Kevin, you know, answer kind of Matt's and respond to that. And then I'd like to I know you wanted to ask those guys some questions. So, Kevin, cool.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree with a lot of what Matt said. And the other the other big thing that we were able to get to um, is, you know, you know, a little bit different than what Matt is and um, what, what Matt was talking about was, you know, don't worry about the other team. You know, you got to get better. You, you know, so every single day we want to get a little better, you know, when, um, you know, and our big thing is, you know, don't use the stuff that works against the um the mediocre guys, you know, we want you to get better at the stuff that beats the good guys. Cause the stuff that beats the good guys will also beat the mediocre and the poor guys. So, so we're getting, um, we've gotten to the point and, and not, not every single kid, not every single year, but where our goal is kind of, um, uh, intrinsic, uh, to get better and the wins will come, you know? And, and so I, I think we've really, um, and and when I hear the kids talk to each other, um, it kind of reinforces that, and uh, that really pumps me up when I hear that stuff. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: I, I love the uh, the idea of <laughs> do the stuff that's going to beat the good kids, because the other stuff doesn't matter. Uh, why waste your time on it? Pretty much, pretty much. That's a good point.
2: I I also think uh one quick thing i also think what you have to be careful of is when you and keith you brought up the word entitlement right is that you know you want to be proud each team needs to be proud of of what they're a part of right and understand the history of our of our program and and you know but you know you want to honor we call talk about honor in the past right so you want to honor the past but don't think that that's going to carry you you know you can't you can't be riding their coattails. You got to you gotta come up with your own identity. You guys got to work hard. You can't count on that because, you know, the team before you was good. You got to make sure you guys, you know, we talk about honor and legacy, right? Uh, honor the past, but create your own legacy. So we, we talk about that each and every year. So, you know, the entitlement part we try to get away from because just because you're part of and Well and we've had some success, don't think that you don't have to, you know, go through – you know, tough days and you know ups and downs and and all that kind of stuff to get to where you want to be too.
0: Well, that's a good point uh, because it's, they they're not necessarily part of that legacy yet. They have to create their own. Right. And exactly. Exactly. So, Brian, I know you had a couple questions. Um, we talked
3: a little bit about pressure. I think that was one of the ones you wanted to ask about. Uh, so basically, I mean, in a a, a football game. wrestling match things can go well let me rephrase that things really don't go wrong for you guys Uh, (laughs) your win-loss ratio is wildly lopsided but let's pretend things go wrong how do you guys handle the pressure when things are absolutely going against you and and staying calm in front of these guys because the second they see you guys flustered i imagine that it's all downhill from there
1: yeah. Uh, you want, I'll go first, man. Do you want to go? Yeah. No. Go
2: All ahead, right. Jeff. Go okay. Ahead.
1: Um. Well, I tell you what. It's, it's weird. Um. I am much more under control in the tighter matches or games than I am when we're we're up by a lot. Um. Uh, and and I think um. You know, I think you're right. I think the kids look to you, and if you're losing it. They lose it. And I've, and I've done it before and I've seen the results, you know, I've, I've kind of lost control, uh, briefly and, um, and regained it because you're looking around you see the look on the kids' faces and then you see the way they're reacting and you say, Oh man, I just totally screwed up. Um, so, uh, I'm not saying it's always, uh, you know, I'm not always on top of it, but, um, but you can look around and you can see the kids. They, you're absolutely 100% right. They feed from you, um, and if you it, they they uh, go, it doesn't go well. Um, and like I said, I've I've done it before, and um, I've caught, I've I've seen it in the the, the eyes of the kids and the uh, reactions of the kids. So you definitely have to be careful. And it's just you know, it's it's just kind of uh, having a, a good game plan and and trust and you know uh, what you've done, and, and you know um, trusting the kids and uh, the coaching staff, and you know and and understanding that you don't have control over everything, so you got to control the controllables. You know, and um, if you can control the controllables, um, you know, you those are the things you know you have to take care of. So uh, the other things you just got to react to a little bit, and um, and you got to react the right way without losing it. So it's good stuff. Matt, uh, yeah,
2: I you know a couple of key words that you know Kevin mentioned was uh, you know trust in the coaches and trust in the guys, um, but the I, I you know the key word there I think and Kevin might or Kevin might have mentioned it is being prepared. You got to be prepared. You know you try to prepare yourself in every situation so that if it does arise, you are prepared for it. The coaches are prepared for it, and then the players are prepared for it. Um, you know, but there have been times that you know, something catches you off guard. There have definitely been times that um, you know, I break my concentration because I'm I'm think I'm thinking about a call that was made or, you know, worried about one of our guys getting hurt or something like that. And as Kevin said, you know, you lose the here or there. And, you know, you try to fight back and try to battle back and pull that back in. Um and then you rely on, you know, hopefully being in past situations like that. And if not, just being as prepared as you possibly can and just Know that you've done everything you can to uh, be ready for these situations and have trust in everybody. Okay. nice. Yeah,
1: um,
0: uh, yeah. And you, you guys don't like throw scoreboards. I mean, throw uh, your, you know, your bo- board on their court. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, on the field anymore. You don't like, you know, <laughs> throw chairs at people anymore. That stuff stopped. You stopped doing that.
2: Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> and once I hit, and once I hit somebody, I said I better stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's the kind of stuff that i used to do so <laughs> that's why i don't do it that's anymore.
1: but
0: anyway uh, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> <upon>. <laughs> uh, uh, brian another question maybe then i want to get uh, then i want to get to you all right basic very basic who
3: inspired you and why
2: uh you want me you want to go, go first this one yeah okay um Our family. There's no question about it. Um, You know, by who they are, uh, whether, you know, and I think, um, I think a lot of the stuff that we do as a family that I I took from growing up and from all these guys and obviously mom and dad and that I can definitely see that in our program. There's no question about it and, you know, how I go about doing everything I do each and every day, Um, you know, and then obviously – inspired me not only as a, as a coach, but as a teacher and as a, as a, as a dad, as a husband, everything. Um, you know, and I know that I think it's important that no matter what, you know, that your family is going to be proud of you, no matter what you do. And, and you are going to be behind you the whole time and, you know, giving you advice and, um, having a, a shoulder to cry on, having the ear to listen. Um, and not only that, but if, you know, we you surround you're, we're surrounded by success in our family. My brothers and sisters are super successful in everything they do. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're the top of what they do in their, in, you know, in, in their jobs. So uh, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty inspiring just to think about that. Right. And it's, you know, I'm super proud of them. Um, you know, and I just hope, uh, um, you know, you know, at, at some point in time, you know, they're proud of me as well. So, uh, you know, and I think, I think that's an important part of that, and I, there's no question that my family, you know, our families, what's inspired me.
1: No doubt, our parents did yeah. something right. Yes,
2: yeah. yes indeed, they certainly yeah,
1: I got, yes. I got to agree with a lot of what you said, Matt. Um, I think um, you know when I when I talk about uh, coaching, you know, and uh, what, what are the top things in coach? What do you need to be a, co- a good coach and things like that? Uh, I always have the the X's and O's. Uh, down the list a little bit you know uh, you don't you know because there's a lot of good players there's a lot of good minds um, in whatever sport you want to take um, that know that know it know it inside and out but but um, you know they can't get it across or or the kids don't respond to them for some way and uh, you know I think it is uh, the way you go about it and you know I think that has a lot to do with you know um, you know the way you were brought up and and you know what you what you think is important and what what you respect and um you know and and um and how you can get the kids um to relate to it and and buy in um you know that's why I, I you know I don't think the x's and o's because you know in football almost almost every series every type of um offense or defense is good if 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 the kids do it right, the coaches coach it, you know, um, and if the kids buy in. So um, I think it's um, so the X's and O's are obviously important, but um, I, I think that's down the list a little bit on, um, you know, what you need to be a great coach. Uh, so I, I agree, Matt. Uh, family, your upbringing and, and um, your, your you know, character and, you know, what do you think is important? And then being able to get that across to the kids.
0: Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, guys, those are awesome. So now it's now it's Brian's turn, and we're really excited about having him on because it's a different perspective. And as I did with Kevin and Matt, uh, to kind of show that they were credible in their answers, Brian's pretty credible too. Uh, Incredible, actually. I'm very proud of him as uh, as my cousin. Uh, Brian is a two-time Emmy Award winner. And 2018, he won uh, an Emmy for Outstanding Sound Editing for a nonfiction program, uh, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. I think it was this Seattle episode, Brian, maybe? Am I right? Yep. And then in 2017, Outstanding Sound Mixing, Live Action, The Mind of a Chef. A six time nominee otherwise in Sound Mixing and Editing, uh, Music and Sound. And he has, a, I went on to his IMDb. Um, And it's it's pretty impressive. There's a well, it would take me all day to go through all of the the programs and things that you've been involved in. And you're still pretty young. So, uh, you know, a lot younger than us. So uh,
3: everything's (laughs) starting to hurt (laughs) now.
0: It it doesn't get better. I can promise you that. (laughs) So so congratulations on all your success. And that's awesome. It's awesome.
2: That is. that is it was so cool to hear that was awesome. I was so proud that was good awesome. some good stuff yeah. right there man it Thanks. is good it. Yeah.
1: it's so impressive especially when when um you know you hear about those things and and you really um are so uh, you know uneducated about it you're just like wow man that that's like I you know I I am so far removed from being able to do any of that stuff that it's just blows my mind so that's awesome congratulations.
2: Yeah.
3: Thanks. Not that you, I, I guarantee each and every one of you guys can do it because everything that you guys said is basically the same principles that I work on.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's my qu- that So I'd love to hear you expand on that a little bit. Um, t- t- tell us about that. What are your principles? What are the things that you're like, this, I need to have this
3: in order to be successful at uh, I'm, what I'm doing? Well, Matt said it. Th- I'm just going to, go back to what he said, preparation is paramount to me because anything from there on out will, will be affected from it. If I phone in a mix and I'm not confident and comfortable in how it sounds, and I know I didn't do my best, I go into the screening and I interact with the client a little more timid, you know, because I don't have the confidence in what I'm about to present. them. But when I am prepared and, and, and very confident in what I've done, uh, you know, then, then I, I act, it, it, it comes through in how I talk and how I present myself as a person um, that combined with high expectations uh, and consistency really are, are the three things that I, I think uh, shape my success. What, 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 what got me to my, to where I am now. Um, everyone's road to success is different, but this is just, you know, my path that I took and, and, and these are the things that were instilled in me by former bosses and friends and colleagues and everything like that. So, uh, that's basically what I would go with for, uh, as far as my principles and, and, uh, critical components and stuff for, uh, what makes it a good mix and what, what got me to where I am.
0: So when you say that, um, you're, how do you. I guess, how do you prepare and what you're doing? So if you could just take a minute and maybe describe what a, a scenario like you did with the Anthony Bourdain program, how would you kind okay. of interact with the whole program?
3: So um, from the starting line, like, uh, you know, I, I would get the materials from them and then I would mix and sound design the entire program um and, and basically get it to a point where in my opinion it's great and, and everyone's got a different opinion every producer, every director, they all have their own opinion which is not wrong, it's right every time because it's just going to be different than what you see it as so so uh they I don't know how to to wrap this up, but like it's it's uh, it's basically just all boiling down to 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 getting getting things to a perfect state so that you are confident in what you're delivering now did do
0: they going into this stuff so i'm I'm asking some technical questions because this is so far out of my comfort zone that i i I just need to understand a little bit better do you know ahead of time that well, you, I, I assume you know kind of what the context of the, of the particular episode you're working on. And is there an expectation that the sound editing will somehow enhance the message? Or is it simply just to make it as technically uh, complete as possible?
3: I would go with the technically complete as possible because audio is the unsung hero. You know, you, you don't notice the audio because if you do, then someone did a bad job. It'll snap you out of what you're watching and and you'll focus on how bad the audio is. So you want no one to ever, ever notice the audio unless it's like some weird wacky thing where it's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. But normally that's, I mean, that that's very few and far between where you get a program that allows you to do cool stuff like that. So every time, every chance you get do it the best you can and make it sound as cool as possible and original and unique. So what, what, Huh. What what brought you into this?
0: When did you start? I, I know you were into music and stuff when you were younger, um, and I think that's probably uh, a path into this. But at what point did you say,
3: "Wow, i you know I might be able to make get paid doing this"? Oh uh, well, yeah, you're right. I I was in a band, and the first time we went into a studio, I was like, "Yep, I'll do this for a living, please." So it was really cool. I I, I was I was floored right away, and then it came time to go to college and I knew I liked that. So I focused on, you know, like more digital media, you know, everything, uh, filming everything down to, you know, audio. And then, uh, I spent a couple of years at community college doing that and really focused in on exactly what I wanted. And it still was audio. I still love to do audio. I like to be in a studio setting. I thought it was awesome. It's a great place to work. So went to college, studied that and that only, only audio. And uh, right out the gate, I knew that coming, you know, coming out of Boston, that's where I went. Uh, There's not really much of a market there for for post-production, it's either LA, New York. So luckily, my family lives in New York, so shoot home. But as far as knowing that this was my career, I was fortunate at a young age to know exactly what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And I would say that started in high school. Mm. That's cool to to
0: find, figure that out and yeah. be able to do it, uh, Matt or Kevin. Do you have any? Qu- I have a couple more.
2: I, uh, uh. I, I I do it like a technical. Just like I love the whole film industry. I love everything about the TV, everything. So, do you like? Are you like? You're talking about that one episode. So, are you responsible for all the sound in the entire episode?
3: So, what happens is they film it, they record it, they do all that fun stuff, they cut together the show, and then they give me what's called an AAF and i import that into the program that i use which is called pro tools and that is only the audio section of it with a quick time for me to just make sure it's in sync and everything you know and if a car drives by let's put a car sound in there
2: oh that is, so i that, that absolutely makes sense though that yeah it, you wouldn't it's notice weird. it when unless it wasn't good audio? that is that that, that, yeah. that yeah yeah you're right do you, do you ever look Every at something and go
3: it sucks. <laughs> I can't enjoy a movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's so a like? What's a
0: common thing that you'll see in a movie that you'll uh, you say to yourself, it, it, oh, "Why did he let that happen?" Is it, it what kind of sound? I mean, would it's drive it's, you nuts. It
3: doesn't happen as much in movies as it does on television because movies, those things are buttoned up. Those are like, you're good, but. Right. Uh, like if you do notice something, then they go back and they fix it. That that doesn't go to a theater with any problems. Uh, it's the the TV shows that okay. are under a deadline; they need to hit air. Where they they want the actor to say something, but he didn't say it, so they have to cut those words together and it, and with their inflections, sometimes fluctuating, they sound like a speaking spell. It's like hi, how are you doing? When they like put every like every <laughs> and that that pops out to me like crazy. I'm like edit, 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 edit.
0: I would assume that when you look back and you look at uh, TV shows from the 70s, 80s, or 90s, it's a lot more apparent than because the tools you have now, I would assume, oh, yeah. allow you to oh, do yeah. pretty primogen- I, I
3: had Sleeping Beauty on the other day with uh, my daughter, and there's a bird that flies by, and there's no sound because they didn't have time or the capability to just put in even the sound of a bird flying by. And now it's like wall-to-wall sound. You, you you see something, put it in there. You see a cat, I want to hear that cat, please. Mm.
0: So as part as part of what's driven you to the excellence level you're at, when when you see, you, know, you, you said it already. You, you can't watch a, a movie or a TV show like we watch it.
1: Anymore, yeah, I
3: it sticks out. Or,
0: or, yeah, All right, and. Are you learning, are are you able to listen to something or watch something on TV or a movie and learn something from it say, oh, um, wow. Actually, I, it,
3: or a movie it... more so, like there there was a, the first Star Trek reboot. There was this one section in it where uh, Kirk was in a cave or, I, I forget exactly what happened, but old Spock was explaining to him, like time and space. And in the theater, mm-hmm. I remember being absolutely floored with, how they mixed that because no voice was coming at you directly from the front. It was spinning and whirling around you and going crazy with like all sorts of reverbs and delays. And it was just very artistic and well done. And I remember being like, wow, that's really, really cool. I'm going to try that. And I did try something like that in the film that I mixed.
2: That's cool. It's, it it is kind of crazy that, you know, no matter what it is, it boils down to details. You know, I mean, you know, everything, everything, you know, even no matter what it is, it it boils down to details and and, you know, and then also learning from other things like if if you
3: were to sit in front of a console, it's very intimidating. If I were to show you one of my sessions, it's very intimidating, you know, because it's a lot of information that you're getting at once. But when you just chip away at things like just work on your dialogue, get to the music later, it, it. the picture starts to form. It's like putting a puzzle together. You know, when you went, a puzzle scattered about, it's like, oh, that sucks. But then when you're done with it, you're like, oh, ah, no, not bad.
0: Now that is a good way to put it. I, I mean, I it, it, it just seems overwhelming to me that you have to do fix the dialogue first and then figure out how the music is going to lay on top of that. And then I guess if there are sound effects, cars going by, birds singing or whatever, then that has to be layered in as well. So it's a puzzle exactly is a good
1: way of looking at it. it. I can't wait to so, watch TV again because dude, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I am really, you know, because, you know, you said it and then Matt said it, you know, you don't pick up on it because it's 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 so good. Yeah. But I am really going to pay yeah. more attention to that now. Uh, I think, Brian, this, is, a, so this Brian, is really fascinating to me, too.
2: It is, too. But so, Brian, oh, God, hopefully yeah. you weren't part of any of the old Godzilla movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but i know you weren't but <laughs> or, or the bruce lee movies but i'm absolutely fascinated by it. i love movies i love tv i love how i love behind the scenes i just love everything to do with it so just hearing this and how you have to go about doing that You know, that's just kind of, it's almost like a hobby to me. I do so much research on movies and TV and how things are. I love the behind the scene shows that they have. They pull that and they show how everything's done. So this this was, this was awesome. So
0: I, I just have a couple of quick questions for you. You know, we've talked about sports and so on. Would you say that what you do and what your relationship with the people who, I assume you compete for jobs with it. Would you say it's competitive or collaborative?
3: Uh, I would say it's a combination part. because, it. you know, I'm one of X amount of mixers in New York City who are all competing for jobs. So so in that respect, absolutely. And when I say competing, you know, it's, it's relationship building. It's, it's, it's making the people who sit behind you, your friends, making them feel like everything will be fine when they step in a room with you. And I basically like to have a chill environment, you know, where it's like, if someone's stressing out over something like that, don't worry, it'll be fine. This is what you need, blah, 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 blah. And it seems to help them calm down. Um, you know, there's few and far between where, where I get that because, you know, everybody's professionals, but, but, uh, that's the competitive aspect of it is, is just, you know, uh, st- being friendly with other producers and everything just so they want to continue to work with you, um, which isn't really that competitive, but it's just a good way to, to you know, go about business. Um, and as far as a collaboration mm-hmm. aspect, the people that I work with, it's it's it is a team. It, it's there's five of us and three of them are my mentors. We all worked at a place called Postworks and then three of them left. They started their own company and then they they picked me and one other guy to come work with them and it's been awesome ever since. And as far as the collaboration is concerned, if I'm sound designing a movie for my friend Benny, you know, he's my mentor. I know exactly what he's looking for and I know it exactly what he wants his end product to sound like. So I can give him a sound effect where it's not fully complete, but I know how he will complete it. So in that respect, it's like both of us have the same style, same taste, and everything like that. So that's the the collaboration part, and, and that's my favorite part. I love I love doing that stuff.
0: Well, this is um, this has been a great learning experience for for
3: all of us. Um, I have to ask one question: Where do you keep <laughs> they're, the rem- they're in my studio at home. I have a studio <laughs> in my house. The guys built me a studio. Okay. In my house. Yeah, it's
1: pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I get to that's work cool. them wow. and then going into Very their cool. clients.
3: Very <laughs> cool.
0: That, that is that is awesome.
1: Do you have a spot so, on the uh, shelf for another for another I'll build few? A shelf, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Want
0: to fill that up and, I, and maybe you know they probably give these out for podcasts too. So after today, <laughs> I'm sure we'll throw another one. That's up. true.
2: Oh my god, exactly. But, um,
0: guys, uh, I really appreciate it this uh, thank you for all of you for taking the time this was a lot of fun and for us brian having you on was great yeah. uh w- a wonderful learning
3: experience and uh you know definitely hoping to do this again sometime, some point. you know in such great company to be uh considered to have a conversation with you guys you know in regards to this it's, it's an honor so thank you so much
2: great, great having all you, right take care thank you brian
0: all right yeah thank all you right. so Goodbye, much Bye, everybody listen stay safe staying say stay, stay sane and uh, we'll talk to you again soon right, bye now Take care. Right, see you
2: guys